Hello, and welcome to the Four Bronx Community Podcast. My name is Laura Levine Pinedo, and I am the founder and the director of the Four Bronx Project. My journey has led me to such amazing neighbors with such interesting stories, and I am ready to share them with you. I invite you to join us as we meet members of our community, such as small business owners and so much more. Let's support local, and let's have a cup of tea together and chat about all things community. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. Today we are joined by Vanessa Ortiz. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Laura. So Vanessa Ortiz is currently serving as the president of the board of directors for the cooperative residential building, River Point Towers, located at 555 Kapok Street in Spite and Dival. Serving on a co-op board is a volunteer position, but it comes with huge responsibilities. According to the buildings by law, Bylaws, Vanessa is effectively a CEO of the corporation that is River Point Towers Cooperative, Inc., a 410 apartment community, and now she will talk about her experience serving as as on a co-op board of directors. Vanessa's full-time job is with the Innocence Project, a national nonprofit organization with a mission to free wrongly convicted people and create fair and equitable systems of justice for everyone. Vanessa also started her own interior design service business, This Bronx Girl Designs, during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. She's a native of the Bronx and a veteran of the U.S. Army Reserves, has lived and worked in places like Bosnia, Afghanistan, the Middle East, as well as several African and Asian countries. That is so cool. So good morning and welcome. Good morning, Laura. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. So you're a veteran. Yes, I am. I love that. U.S. Army Reserves. Wow. Um, So tell us a little bit about your background and what kind of skills or experience are needed to serve as a president of a co-op board. So I, I was born in the Bronx, so I'm a Bronx native. My parents came to New York from Puerto Rico. Uh, They met in Manhattan, uh, specifically in Harlem, raised a family, bought a house, et cetera, et cetera. And so here I am back in the Bronx Mm -hmm. after lots of adventures uh, and working with different interesting organizations. So I am a Bronx girl. through. Very proud to be a Bronx girl. Very proud to be a Bronx girl. And um, And a Boricua. And a Boricua. And I always say all roads lead back to the Bronx. It does. It's very (laughs) true. So I feel like it's like for me, the thought of being a president of a co-op board, that seems super stressful. Like, what does that entail? Yeah. So, um, you know, I I have been living at River Point Towers for six and a half years now. And uh, I remember when I was first applying for the building and looking at different um, buildings in in Spite and Dival and Riverdale, um, and I looked at this building and I said, oh my God, it looks like the Titanic. You know, it's like, this is just massive building that you could see from everywhere. It's kind of boxy, it looks like a ship, but when you walk in, it's got this, you know, mid-century character and really nice people and full service building. So I was very much attracted to all that. It's right across from the shopping center, right? Correct. And it had the pool there, like outside? Yes, at yes. the corner. Five, exactly. five, five, yeah, okay. Exactly, that's the building. So, um, you know, now that I am uh, a president of the board, I feel actually like, yeah, it is like steering the Titanic, you know, it's big and it takes 
slowly, slowly, you know, repairs and, and thinking about the future and um, managing staff and all of that. So it's it's a big it's a big ship to navigate. But I don't do it alone. I am um, one of nine board members. Okay. And I work with a wonderful team. Um, we are all volunteers. Board members of cooperatives do not get paid. We are all full-time workers, have our own jobs, have our families. So you have to be really dedicated and committed to the community in order to do this work. So what is a co-op? And are there many here in Riverdale? Yes, um, there are. I looked up on Street Easy this week how many co-ops just to prepare for this. And I saw in Spite and Dival alone, although maybe the boundaries that are considered Spite and Dival are different depending on what entity is deciding. Um, but it said 110 co-op buildings. Just in Spite and Dival. Just in Spite and Dival. Wow. Yeah. I think that that's probably, it's probably less than the boundary set in Street Easy. I suspect in Spite and Dival, Riverdale area, like including Northern Riverdale, it's probably at about 200. Okay. So these are communities within the community. What are other ones? I know Amalgamated Cooperative, that, that's a cooperative, yes, right? Skyview. Skyview, okay. Um, the Winston Churchill next door to 555, the R- Blue Building. Riverdale Gardens? Netherland Gardens? I think so, yes. Netherland Gardens? Yes. Okay. Yes. All the surrounding buildings, uh, except for the Century in Spite and Dival, are They're all are co-ops. co-ops. The yes. Presidential, all those ones, right? Yes, exactly. So what is, so a co-op, as you said, is, is a group of buildings. No, a co-op is a type of building. Type of building. It's a type of, uh, it's a member-owned residence. So you don't purchase your apartment like you do in a condo. You're purchasing a number of shares that's based on the square footage of the apartment that you want to, you know, that, that you want to reside in. So people purchase a number of shares. Um, the co-ops are guided by their governing documents, which includes their bylaws, the occupancy agreement, and the house rules. But co-ops are also guided by New York State business corporation law because a co-op is a corporation. That's why it's called River Point Towers Cooperative Inc. Right. So we have to follow New York uh, business laws as you know as they apply. Um, and in terms of governance of a co-op, uh, depending on the bylaws, there's a structure and policies on how the building is to be managed. So there's typically a board of directors, there are annual meetings, and there are um, annual meetings are held to vote for shareholders that want to not nominate themselves and apply to, to join the board. Um, so that happens annually. Typically, there are three um, board seats available every year. So hopefully that means that there are always new, fresh eyes on the right. building, on the management of the building. Um, so and it's at, nice to have a bit of diversity within that board, you know, because everyone has different opinions. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, there is, a, there is a, a myth, I guess, and maybe part of it is true, uh, that board members are all kind of the same kind of people, all retired, um, stay in for long periods of time, but our my experience w- working on the board is like it's very diverse in, t- in terms of number of years that people have lived in the building. We've got someone that's lived in the building for you know uh, uh, 
uh, is a retiree and has lived in the building a very long time. And we've got a new board member that has been in the building for two years. So, you know, we've got, it, it's a mix uh, age-wise, it's a mix of uh, ethnicities and races. So it's right. very, That's nice. very, That's very, very good. cool. Yeah, it's, it's a nice representation of the building because the building is really quite diverse. Great. Now, question, because I don't live in a co-op, never have. Um, what does a co-op board do and what does the president do specifically? So like I said, the board, uh, the co-op board is made up of volunteer residents. We're not paid. Um, we, we do this. We're honored to serve for the betterment of our home. Uh, board members are expected to act in good faith and in the interest of the cooperative as a whole. So we follow our guiding documents. Um, and it's critical for every board member to really know them and follow them and understand them. We have to sign ethical uh, code of ethics agreement, and we have to report on um, zero conflict of interest to uh, New York City, according to New York City rules. Um, we have to adhere to New York City local laws as well. You'll notice at the corner of 555 Park that there's a lot of work going on in the facade and the pool has been closed and there's a shed all around the perimeter of the building. That's because we have to follow um, New York City Local Law 11, which is now called the Facade Inspection Safety Program, okay. or FISP. And um, that requires that every five years, an architect inspects the building's exterior to make sure that it's safe from bricks falling from the the um, mortar, which is like the caulking between the bricks, right. that it's all sound, that there isn't buckling, and that this prevents accidents and it's for the safety of pedestrians and everyone that walks around the building. So we have to adhere to that. At the moment where a building is labeled unsafe, then all of that has to be erected so that it can be corrected. So we're now in the process of um, having all those repairs done. So 410 units, how many floors? 25. Okay. Yeah. Great. So it's a big job. That is a very big when job. When we have, you know, when you're talking about inspecting all the bricks all around the building, it's a huge endeavor. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, any highlights that you would like to share about your time as president? Um, well, like I said, you know, it's really interesting being on the inside of the Titanic. Um, it's just been fascinating to meet so many great people, friends and neighbors, um, to get to know the staff, you know, like when you're a resident and you don't serve on the board, you're walking in and out and you're saying hello, etc. But when you really understand um, some staff issues, uh, it's it's uh, it just makes living in the building very different and maybe more meaningful. Um, yeah, so it's I think. One of my highlights also is just working with a great team, a great right. board team, and, and I becoming think, friends. And I think that um, you do a very good job of trying to get people, because you can live in the building, but you don't know your neighbors. And I think you do a great job. You do parties downstairs, like right? You do all these things to try to get people engaged and, yeah. and get to know. Because I mean, unfortunately here in New York, we could have 100 neighbors. We don't know any of them. Yeah, that's true. And so I lived, nice. in, I lived nice. in many rental buildings where you didn't even say good morning in the elevator. If anything, you would just grunt. I know. If someone says good morning to me, I'm like, what do they want? Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
But you know, COVID really locked us down for a long time. The building had a spirit of having lots of activities. There were pool parties, you know, Labor Day party, July 4th party, um, but all of that ended with COVID. And so this year was really the first year that we resurrected, right. uh, having lots of activities. And we used the opportunity not just to have one Memorial Day party or Labor Day party. We designed a series of events. So we brought in Nick Dembowski from Kingsbridge Historical Society to offer a lecture to right. residents. And we had a wine and cheese afterwards. Uh, we invited the Female Fight Club to come and give a Zumba class. Um, I love it. You're creating a community in a community like of a building. It's exactly. great. Exactly. We had a great party too with a musician from Unbeal Box. He plays often oh, there. Oh, nice. And I met him and then we exchanged business cards and, and uh, he came and played. Uh, it was wonderful. So, yeah, so this summer was kind of like the reopening. The return of the five, return. five, five. Exactly. Um, now, what are some challenges that you face as a president? So, you know, there are all, there's always something new to wrestle with. Um, you know, buildings, especially older buildings. Ours was built in 1963. Um, we see pipes give out. We see the AC units are aging. We have to deal with the facade every five years, and you just don't know what those five, that five-year inspection is going to reveal. Um, we have a pool, and that always needs repairs and maintenance. So, you know, the challenge is that board members don't necessarily come with all those areas of expertise. Right. So you're just in it and learning all, the, all along the way. So we rely heavily on the property management company as well as the resident manager or the super. Uh, those are the people that have decades of experience and hopefully have experience working in similar types of buildings. Um, you know, it's the challenges are managing partnerships. Um, the relationship between the board president and the general manager is a critical partnership. It's like I work hand in hand uh, with that individual. Um, and, you know, we are constrained by the, you know, everyone's time. Nine board members that work full time can't meet every week. So we have one to two meetings per month. But in between, there's a lot going on. So it really, you know, the board president really takes on a lot of the responsibility of some of the day-to-day, week-to-week um, issues. Um, we have legal issues to contend with, insurance issues, right? A big building like that oh, needs of course, to have yes. a very, very big insurance policy to protect it from anything that might happen, from fires to, you know, injuries or, or whatever. Um, we have big repair issues. We have staff management issues. We have technology issues. So every month, it's something new. Um, and unless you have served on a board, you can't understand the ethical and the legal duties that board members have to maintain in order to safeguard documents and sensitive issues and in order to not harm the reputation of the building. And sometimes you may, let's say you don't like something or you don't agree with it personally, but you have to support it because it's for the greater good. Exactly. You know, even if you're like, yeah, you know, I think the party should end at 11. You know, like, just like little things like that. But. Yeah, well, you know, one one that's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, we have a community room and it's renovated and beautiful, I think. And it's, oh, and it's available yeah. for anybody who wants to have a party? Yes. Or just at, for the at, building? It's just for building Just for parties. building, okay. Yes. It's just for building parties. Um, but 
the capacity is 70 people. Okay. So if people want to say, let's have an annual meeting and all of us want to come and you're going to have, you know, 120 or 100 people or even 90 people, like then we can't have it there. And these are the hard realities that right. sometimes shareholders are like, why do we have to go outside and go down the hill to have the meeting? But it's, we have to follow the laws. Right. Right. It's, it's for safety, you know? Exactly. It's for safety and it's to protect the building as a whole. Is there like a number one complaint from the, the, the shareholders? Like, is there like noise complaint or like, what's the most common thing you deal with? Hmm. I mean, there are Elevators. noise. There are noise complaints. No, you know, well, elevator monitors, you know, okay. like we have these monitors in the elevators and there's just these technology um, fixes that we can't really, it seems like the elevator company and the technology um, vendor can't find where the problem lies. I see. So we have these great monitors in the elevators and they're always down. It's crazy. So that's kind of like a recurring problem that has been like, I, I want to say like two years, can't fix it. Uh, that's a recurring complaint. Um, you know, lately people are, you know, people want to meet in person again. They want, you know, board meetings to be held in person in the community room, but we have an average of like 67 to 70 people that we do, that we get virtually. So like we just can't accommodate it. So now we're trying to find a good virtual option. Right, so a good we, common ground. Yeah. A good common ground. Because people want social, they want to socialize. Exactly. They want to get out. They're tired of it. You know, they just, exactly. then there's other people like COVID, now the cases are spiking again. Yes, exactly. So now it's kind of like, all right, the demand to be in person is probably going to shift a little bit because now, you know, the test kits are out. Now you have to, it's get, a, yeah. you know, it's, it's sort of like the... And I think we're just going to have to, you know, live with this for years to come. Every fall and winter, it's exactly. just... Exactly. Which is why it's nice to invest in a good virtual option to get people together. Um, right. To, you know, for general information about what's going on in the building. Now, I'm curious. So you have 410 units, right? So, like, let's say how many people... Probably, let's say 600, because you have to consider... 600 people? Probably 600, because, you know, there are couples and there are... Right, children. Kids. And then there's singles and, yeah. It's a mix. What was this building like during the pandemic? I know 7 o'clock, we all were banging on pots for the oh, healthcare workers. Yeah. But, you know, everybody's now at home. Everyone is locked down. Was there any, like, significant changes to the building or... Yeah, there like, were, what was that like? There were a lot of rules put up. You know, the the there was a limit on the elevators, number of people that could go in the elevators for a long period for a long period of time. Um, there no deliveries, so people had to come down to the lobby. Oh, for food deliveries. For food deliveries and all of that. So there was like tables set up for meals, um, especially the senior meals because the senior centers were closed. Um, there was a mandatory mask um, right. policy. And yeah, like moves for a period of time, moves, moves in, moves out, were halted as well as um, renovation work. So any outside contractors coming in, there was a period where right. that all had to stop. Were people but, like restless? I can imagine just like... Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know because I was kind of like in my own... I think everybody got into their own you know, thing, right. thing in their own apartment and made it work. Right. You know, that's... I was so... Um, uh, this was the period where I started thinking about 
starting my own business. Right. And I spent a lot of the time teaching myself to sew. We learn, we all learn new hobbies yes. and new interests and things we never had time to do. We exactly. started doing it. And I think a lot of people did that. A lot of people were just doing classes online. Right. I could just imagine being in this building. Mrs. Smith upstairs is doing Zumba. She's like in her 80s. Yes. And then this person's here and that person's yeah. there. And the museum tours, the virtual museum tours. Like, I think that that's how pe- most people were spending their time. I mean, I know that, that, that I was. I wasn't a, a board member at that time. Um, but it must have been hard for the board. I remember, you're on the Riverdale Facebook group? Yes. I remember two things stuck, stick out to me during that time that kind of, I would look forward to seeing it. Stephanie Coggins, who now I can call yes. a friend of mine, who mm-hmm. is a diehard spite and dival. Hi, yeah. Stephanie. <laughs> um, she would take pictures every day of something and like post it. And then Nina Velasquez up in North Riverdale, she would do a drawing every day. I don't know if you remember that. She would like hand draw like a sunflower or a girl or something and it was just great and it, it was uh, I think this neighborhood really came together yeah. even though we were so separated we kind of like made it like a little community and made friends that we never knew before right so yeah and I think that in a way that did happen I mean look I, I'm a I'm still working full time and at that time you know I was always at work nine to five every day sometimes traveling because my work required a right. lot of travel and then all of a sudden I was home all the time so did you like it you know in the beginning it was really scary and then I kind of settled into it and then you start getting restless and then as things eased up a bit you know I remember me and some of my neighbors on the same floor we used to go to you know some of the local businesses that would open for takeout only right I remember Metate in particular they had um they were serving margaritas to go. Oh my God, what else do you need? Yeah, Shout out to exactly. Basilios and Matate. So we would Nathaniel, go Nathaniel, the bartender. We would order a frozen margarita. You couldn't enter the restaurant. They would just bring it to the to the door. And then we sat outside at the corner and we drank our margaritas. So like everybody just You made adapted. it work. We made it work. I never had the period where I was off. I was just working, working. So I, I'm very curious and I'm very into like, how did that feel? I find a lot of people do not want to go back into the office now. Yes. They're like, I can do this job at home. So why, you know, exactly. There's a lot of that. We have, I mean, I work in a hybrid environment, but there's a lot of people that say, why do we need to go in even three days a week? I'm going to ask you the most important question of this. Now, as the president of the board, okay, Mm -hmm. do you get first priority when your Amazon packages arrive? You know what? I I don't have an Amazon account. Oh, you don't? No, I'm just. You don't do any online shopping? I do, but not Amazon. Okay, so when your package comes, they're like, oh my God, this is Vanessa Ortiz. We got to put this on the side here. You know, I, I kind of feel like there might be some staff that kind of does that. Right. But it's not. Because you don't want to upset. It's not anything that I expect. Right. You know, but um, I feel like our staff is great. And I, from what I see, they do, it, they do that to everyone. And living in the building, you don't have to worry about porch pirates. Correct. Like yeah. packages never go missing because no. I know this was a thing. I mean, I think that some packages do go missing just out of error, like human but not error. there's nobody coming in stealing but at not the doorman. Theft. No, not theft. Right. I mean, we've got a package room and everything. Packages come in. I mean, you should see the guys at the front desk. Sometimes it's those crazy, are... especially like around the holidays. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's a job in itself to sort that out and yeah. see where everything's going. Um, what would you say to other co-op residents in Riverdale about serving on their building's board of directors? If they're thinking about it, they want to get involved. You know, I would say, I, I, I would say do it. I think it's the duty of every resident to serve in right. their building in some way. Um, 
it is it is work and you have to be ready to roll up your sleeves and get the work done um i would also caution um the reason that i would say do it is because i don't like the idea that board members stay in place like senators for term after term after term after term Mm -hmm. you know and then when all is said and done they've been you know on the board for 16 or 17 years right I don't think that that's good for a building or healthy Um, I think that there should be some circulation of new ideas and different approaches and fresh eyes and I think it also limits the concentration of information to just a few people in the building I think that we need to widen it so I, I would say absolutely do it because you shouldn't be relying on the same people to do it year after year after year for decades at a time it's not fair and it's not good for the health of the building right and also like it, it is not fair and then as people get older um they get more stuck in their ways right so they're not really open to change not everybody but that's just the experience that i have um and i think having a fresh perspective mixed with people who have been there for such a long time and know the ins and outs of the building is the only way yeah. to you know optimize the results right would you agree with that i i, I do agree with that um I also think that there are different ways that people can participate in the community. You know, they can form a committee. Right. And that's how they can raise their voice to the board. So it isn't just nine people, you know. Right. And I think that there is that that's sorely lacking at River Point Towers. I don't know if it's a, it's a remnant of a, like a holdover from COVID. Right. Um, but I would love to see more committees that do things like run volunteer activities. So if you are a resident of 555, email you, right? Yeah. And where can they? Email the board. Email Email the board. board. So I have a question now because I, you know, some people may have questions. They might be young, first time families and you want to come into this. You want a a unit, right? Mm Mm-hmm the process. Now I know I've, I've never gone through this myself. I live in a, but so credit check, all that stuff. And then boom, you have to come in front of the board, right? Correct. So it's like literally a desk of like nine people just staring at you. We try to make it more friendly than that. I'm like, is it like the witch trials? Like with a gamut? Like, no, you're not coming in here. Yes. I mean, you know, it's the application process in itself is arduous. I mean, I went through it to to join the building. And I remember my realtor said, this is a really strict building. You're going to have to dot your I's, cross your T's, whatever. Uh, But I made it to, to the interview. And I found everyone really nice. And it was a very pleasant conversation. So. Um, the interview is a technicality you know it's an opportunity to meet face to face and it's also an opportunity for that person to ask questions before they make a final decision so we always say that this is an opportunity for you to ask of us um, anything any questions that you have Um, we try to be really really pleasant about it and um, not make it a one way conversation because in my head it's like meeting in front of the principal the dean and like you know you're just like yeah you're on trial yeah well again you know there's a lot of myths around co-op but i've never had the experience that's yeah. just what i feel in my exactly. head you know? yeah yeah and you know there are probably movies that reinforce that and stories that reinforce that but 
this goes back to, you know, when you have a diverse board and new people, they all remember very, very well what it was like. And I think that the younger, not, not, not younger in the sense of age, but younger in the sense of time in the building, have more appreciation of how hard it is to go through the process. So they're much more um, friendly and, and cordial and try to create a, a good space for the conversation. Um, now, one thing I want to shout out, um, River Point Towers or 555 KPOC, is we have collaborated. You've been a community partner with us now for, I think, Easter was our first yes. event. So thank you so much for being a community partner. And We did a Mother's Day event, too. We did Mother's Day yeah. and we did Easter. Yes. And, you know, we're always getting together and sharing ideas. Now, um, how does your building support the Spite and Dival Riverdale community, so like we, the outreach? Yeah, so we put out a call um, you know, either in memo format or uh, in the elevator monitors when when they work uh, to, come, to come, you know, to volunteer. We try to do that like a week or two ahead of time so people could put it in, in their calendar. Sometimes we add it. We have a newsletter and we'll add it to upcoming events. Right. And then we try to just get people to come down to the community room and participate in some volunteerism. It was, you know, I, I just want to shout you out because Mother's Day we did a spa party at a domestic violence shelter here in the Bronx. I got a huge donation of Kiehl's products. Kiehl's is like the best. Shout out to Kiehl's. Mm-hmm. And I, if they come like in this bulk, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but they come in this like gallon bag, like, you know, bulk style. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want to make gift baskets, but this is crazy. And 555 like donated the bottles. We got like little travel bottles with stickers and we, you guys made it so beautiful and so pretty. And thank you so much for that. The yeah. women loved it. Yeah. You know, and there's no reason like that Bronx women should not have a day where they feel beautiful yes. and relaxed and you know I couldn't have done it without 555 so yeah. thank you so much yeah no it was a lot of fun I mean I participated in that event and it's nice for us because neighbors get to meet neighbors right as we were all stuffing bags we were talking and you know it's nice you know people meet people that they've never you know and you shaking before. her head our tech lady yeah, she, she was really there nice. doing it Angie's and it was the best. Kind of, yeah <laughs> some people would just donate one hour and then another person would come right and, and I and I think that is the goal of the for Bronx overall um it's kind of shifting now into you know I'm trying to make it less about me and more about community and you guys are busy everyone is so busy that you don't have time to think of this but if there's a task to be done it's like enabling the community to become part of something nice and something positive and I think that having community partners like River Point Towers is essential for the progress of Four Bronx and any community initiative in general so thank you so much for that and I think people came down and you know they socialized and they enjoyed it it's very therapeutic actually yes it was therapeutic and there yeah. was lots of nice creaminess going on, you know, like when you make a spill, it's like, oh, like, okay, oh, let me put this, this right. <laughs> yes. I know. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's so soothing. Meanwhile, I have volunteers stuffing 10,000 Easter eggs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I look forward to upcoming events and working with you. Um, so thank you so much for that. Yeah. Makes it easier for all of us and it gets more work done. Yeah. Um, I would love to bring, and you know, I'm just shouting out this. I'm putting you on the spot now. I do have a 10 foot box truck for Four Bronx. I don't know if you know that. Yes. 
And I would love to do a uh, clothing drive out of Spite and Dival. So basically, just drop the truck off. We cross promote, and then people just put their clothes in the truck, and we direct to shelters. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. So you know, we have actually for a couple of years now, we have a box down in the basement that's uh, New York City fashion, mm-hmm. and I think that they. Uh, so we have it's like a huge bin. And everyone puts their old clothing, you know, in the bin. In the bin, and it goes out to I think three um, nonprofits. One of them is, oh, I don't remember the names. Anyway, the, we already are doing some of that, so that you know, we could still make out a call and see if right. people, you know, for a one week period or that one day, hold your clothing so that it could go to this. Yeah, um, like Skyview did it with us and it was very successful. And um, so I I just want to hit every point of town and get them involved because people have so many clothes and there's so many people in the Bronx that don't have clothes. And they're so grateful. Um, We just did a drop off yesterday, Hebrew Institute of Riverdale. Um, We had a full truckload of clothes, women, men's and children's that we just directed to a family shelter on East 185th Street yesterday. Mm -hmm. They were just so appreciative. Like you don't understand that. You could have your kids like, clothes that they grew out of right and you're like oh my god what am I going to do with this I could bring it down to unique but redirecting it to your community your borough and and they're so grateful for it is like such a beautiful thing so definitely would like to do that with you so now Riverdale right Mm -hmm. let's get out of 555 a little bit it's Friday night you're hungry where are you going oh gosh that's such a hard one you know I mentioned Matate. I love Matate. You love Matate? I think their margaritas are awesome. And just their food is great. And the the, the vibe, the, staff, the, whole, vibe, the staff, yeah. they're, they're wonderful. I love Ambil Bak. So Ambil Bak is such a community gem. Oh my God. Best french fries ever. If you haven't tried them. I, you know what? I, these are fighting words now because for me, I've never tried Ambil Bak's fries. But for me, and it's going to be very hard to steer me from this, the best fries in Riverdale for me are Blackstone. Oh, Have you ever had those? I don't think he so. He has his own fryer just for French fries. Really? Okay. So we're going to have to go get them. We'll have to compare. So maybe that's where I go to. But Ambil Bach, I what I love about Ambil Bach, they don't have TVs. They encourage conversation. Yes. And I will never forget, I went there one night after work. I was so tired and my friend wanted a drink. And just the candles. Yes. And like, I don't know if you've ever been there at night. Mm-hmm. I was like almost falling asleep. But I was so relaxed. It was like... I feel like yeah. it was in a massage. I just love the music and the and people, the, the people, the art, and yes, lots of lots of activities there. You go there and you're going to have a lot of fun. Um, I love Tin Marin. Okay, I'm a big fan. Uh, Tobola as well. Tobola. If you want, like, kind of chic, more a little bit craft, el- elevated, yeah. elevated, um, you know, plates, small plates. Where do you go grocery shopping? I I'm a Ben's fan. Ben's Jim yeah. is Jim has been such a community partner in everything. Yeah. He is the most generous person um, from Ben's. So shout out to them. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a car, so for me, and you know, I I live by myself, so I'm a I'm kind of like a French shopper. I I shop every other day for the things I need. Do you I go to Key Food? Not so much. So you go to Ben's, but like, what if you need like, I don't know, like. So maybe I'll do... Um, they have everything there pretty much, right? Yeah, they have everything pretty much. If I want something like in bulk or whatever, I'll go to Garden Gourmet or um, Aldi's down on Broadway. You ever do uh, Fresh Direct? 
I do do fresh direct. That's the easiest, yeah. Yeah, that's the easiest. Um, Because I just wonder, like, you know, Spite and Dival, you do have the bus there, but it's kind of, like, out of the way. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine you carrying a case of water if you want a case of water up with toilet paper and paper towel and, like, you know. Yeah, Fresh Direct is good, and um, my paper goods, I I use another company called Grove. Grove? They do all the sustainable products. Okay. So... Someone told me about a company called GoPuff. Have you heard of it? No. It's like very cheap and it's like a bundle of toilet paper, paper towel, and a case of water for like $13. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's true. But you know, I like the social aspect of you shopping. Like, me too. You, know? you don't get the same high shopping online that you do going in and yes, getting it. Yes, exactly. So to me, sometimes it's like, yeah, let me go because you could chat up a conversation and look at things and maybe you'll you'll find a neighbor there. You know? Right. So do you ever like go down that. to 231st and Broadway? Yes. Lot Less is a store. You ever been there? Um, you like that? No. You've never been to Lot Less? No. Oh my gosh, that's the best. You should go really? there. Okay. Lots of home goods and lots of like designer products for very cheap. Okay. Yeah. Good tip. Yeah. Um, uh, what about like dry cleaning? Do you get your nails done yeah, around here? I do. Hair? I do everything locally. I do everything locally. What do you I get mean, your hair done? I, I try, uh, touch of sun. Touch of sun. Yeah. Of course. I do touch of sun. Yeah. I love them there. We become really good friends. Um, I support the winery, the little wine shop that's on at Knowles Crescent. I didn't even know there was a yeah, wine shop there. Yeah, there's a wine shop owned by a Korean couple. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, so I really try to stick... Keep it. Keep it local because, I, you know, look, it breaks my heart that there's so many vacancies and I, I don't want to see more. Right. So I feel like each one, if each one of us did our part... They will be to, okay. ...to buy things from there, I mean, it may not be the best selection, but... It's, it's, you know, for some occasions, it's like good enough. Right. Um, so even for our parties, when we had the wine and cheese and everything, I bought it across the street. At I Ben's? Mean, yeah. No, not at Ben's, at the at the liquor store. Oh, right. Oh, they have wine and cheese? They have cheese in there? No, not oh, cheese. Oh, wine. You bought but the wine. Yes. The wine. So I, I, I try to support That's all great. the local businesses. Now, what you guys are missing over there, you are missing a restaurant. Oh, my God. A cafe. Yes. You need something over there. Yes. And I always say this. Yes. I mean, look at Artisan. In order to get like a really good cup of coffee, like I go to Artisan or Savor. Right. Like, why can't we have something like that? But what are right the elderly there? people? They have nowhere to go. Yeah. And you think that if someone opened a spot there, people would go? Yeah, absolutely. Like if you can't get on a bus and like go somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there is vacant space. Yeah, I think that there are two or three. The, the, the Thai place the Thai place closed. The place that was next to it. No, no, that that's now a kind of vape shop. Um, there was a diner that closed and hasn't been filled, and there's a place next to the wine shop and the laundry that is uh, still vacant. And Rite Aid is still there. Rite Aid is still there. Thank the goodness. bank is vacant, but the, the ATM bank, works. No, not anymore. So that's a vacant space too, that's right? It's vacant as well. Yeah, it's very sad. I like so many. Look, going back to our original conversation, so many co-op buildings there, so many communities within the community that would you know visit right businesses i just don't understand so if you're listening out there we need a restaurant cafe coffee shop like a moss even a moss cafe yes like something like this over healthy and you know over in spite and dival yeah 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 that that would make everything i think that would be great for everybody yeah and the elderly i feel so bad for them they don't have anywhere to go yeah they can't walk over to johnson avenue you know it's a long walk for them right it's a long walk yeah so it's a long walk so what's one thing that you enjoy or like about living in Riverdale overall? And what's one thing that you think we can change or improve upon? 
I love the green spaces. I mean, that's what attracted me to this neighborhood in the first place. I love that you walk around and there's lots of trees. You can walk along the Hudson on Palisade Avenue and enjoy that. I often walk all the way up to Wave Hill from where I am. That's a good hour's walk, you know, back and forth. Uh, So it's great for exercise. I love all the establishments here. Um, I mentioned a couple of them, but I, I visit, I visit all of them. Uh, and try to support them. Um, I love the quietness and the the homes. It's like the combination of the high rises and the homes is kind of nice. It's like city, suburbia. Exactly. It's like right smack in the middle of exactly. it all. Exactly. Yeah. And in particular, where I am, it's like such a great location for access to transportation. I walk down the hill to get to work on the Spite and Dival Metro North right. station. So easy, right? I'm in Fort, at 42nd Street in 20 minutes. I could take the number 10 bus, get to Norwood. You could do the 20 to get to Inwood. You could do the 18 express bus to get to Wall Street. Then there's the M, the BX M1 and 2 to get to Midtown East or West. It's just a great location. And all of this is right across the street from the building. So right. it's a very, it's a very good. cool now, location. You're right next to uh, Villa Charlotte Bronte? No, not next to it. You're, But it's like in close proximity. Yes, it's a walk. It's, you know, it's it's a seven-minute walk. What do you think about people? People are now on TikTok. Um, they're going in that private property and doing videos to put on, oh, really? online. Yeah, they're like trespassing. You didn't know that? No. This is why we call ourselves a community podcast. We spill the tea over here. Yeah, they're doing that. They're trespassing in there and like taking videos to promote it. And now people are coming with cameras and they're like disrupting the the residents wow, and all that stuff. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's beautiful and it it's historic. Beautiful. I believe that's a co-op as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, it's not only not fair to the residents who live there and want, you know, you 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 buy there because you want Peace, I'm sure it's not peace cheap. Peace and quiet. Exactly. It's not cheap just because of the history and the um, the views of right. the Hudson. But also, like, people trespassing on property is a liability for the building. You know, right. if they were to fall or, or something, um, who wants those kind of lawsuits? It's, right. It's, it's, uh, it's terrible. And it's, it's going to—I hope it doesn't force the building to start putting up gates and fences— um, right. That, yeah, definitely be an eyesore. Yeah. Does your building participate in trick or treat? In trick or treat? Halloween? Yes. So I'm going to need the list of all the apartments that give out the good candy because I'm oh. going to go trick or treat now. No, 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 no. No, but we only do trick or treating internally for the residents. Oh, so you don't allow people from the no, outside? No, no, no. Oh, my dreams, no. my dreams. You can take me <laughs> you're small enough, Angie. We can put a pumpkin costume on you and go around. <laughs> yeah, no, now you're... you're you but do a lot of the kids do the trick-or-treat in there? Yeah, they do. They do. We have a nice system where, you know, residents that don't want to be bothered or don't have candies um, don't put a sticker on their door, like a pumpkin sticker. So the kids are only looking for the doors that with the have... Pumpkins. With the pumpkins. That's so cute. And it's 25 floors, so that's a lot of candy. That's a lot can, of candy, and you're in the comfort of your home. Exactly. So I want to thank you so much for joining us. Now, if anybody is interested in, um, you know, 555 KPOC, Riverpoint Towers, is there a website? Is there a way we can reach out? Your email? Well, interested in for what? In become, you know, buying and applying. Into, and applying. Oh, well, they would go through a realtor, naturally. We have really good uh, relationships with the local realtors. So they can approach a realtor as would normally be the process. And... Um, 
and that realtor would guide them through the requirements and the process and all of that. Right, or if somebody, let's say a musician or somebody wants to come and do an event at the community space, how would they reach out? I think that they would probably contact the management office okay. and just say, hey, you know, I'd like to share my, my information in case you're going to have an event okay. sometime in the future. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa yeah. Ortiz, for coming. And, thank you um, for having me. Thank and you. And always nice to see you, and I look forward to, you know, more activities in Absolutely, because, you know, we don't stop over here at the Four Bronx <laughs> Project. So thank you so much. Until next time, community. Well, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email me today at laura4bronx at gmail.com. Join us next time.